Fleetwood Hessian, host of the Badass Women's Council podcast, and I am super glad that you're here. Even though my voice is a little raspy today, I decided to go ahead with the recording of this because perfection does not fuel connection. So, less than perfect, don't care. Moving forward. And it was just too important to get this episode out as quickly as possible with Carrie Hahn because Carrie's story has so much to teach us all that I couldn't hold it up another day, another week. So I want you to hear about Carrie's journey from the diagnosis of breast cancer through today. And there is so much for us all to learn from this. She is a bright light, which is a perfect thing for her to be because she now has a candle company and she's funny and just, uh, I just, okay, no more introduction. Here we go. Hey, Carrie, how's it going? Good. Thanks for having me, Rebecca. Absolutely. I'm so glad that you're here. So we are having you on the podcast specifically in October for Breast Cancer Awareness Month because we want to hear about your story, which I think is important for everyone. And I'm going to start with a little bit of a funny on a breast cancer awareness story. Sure. One of my favorite things that you said to me this morning is you have a candle company that we're going to talk about, Karma Candles. Absolutely. Super cool. And... They smell amazing Thank because you, you brought some here today. And you have a candle company and your husband's a firefighter and that's hysterical. It's pretty, it's pretty <laughs> ironic. So he has been an Indianapolis firefighter for 20 years. Yes. And so does he go into the training sessions? Because I know that's a big part of what firefighting does and say, hey, like don't have burning candles in your house. Probably, Is that part of what he teaches probably, people? And I will tell you there have been instances because I'm always test burning candles, the scents and the wicks. There might have been a time or two where a candle was left on overnight, um, which, again, my company is called Karma Candles. So I just thought, good karma. Good karma. Didn't burn the house down. Yay. Good karma. And, if, you, I, and, and, if, and if something goes awry, there's a firefighter here. <laughs> oh, see, I just had to start with some levity because you your personality is bigger than life and you are taking a really shitty Yes. experience yes. and turning it into the best possible scenario that I you am. can for you and I others. Yeah. So I, I just, I wanted to start this episode with that levity to share that with people because you're a bright light. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Pardon the pun on the bright light yes. with the candle yes. too. That's <laughs> when I, when I send candles, I tell people I want to be the light and love. That's, that's what I am. And you are, I love this. So tell us a little bit about your story sure. and um, the diagnosis, and, and then we'll get into the really great work that you're doing now okay. as yeah. a result. So I was 40 years old when I was diagnosed. So it's been two and a half years since I finished treatment. And I had had a full physical, which included a breast exam in December, and everything was fine. In March, I just happened to be sitting at my computer. I was doing some office work for my husband's business, went and itched, and I just, I felt something Something. that didn't belong there. And so, of course, I'm like, what is that? 
So then I went upstairs and I kind of looked at it and mm-hmm. thought, what on earth is this? And I could kind of see something oh, wow. actually. Yeah. And so then I said, hey, to my husband, will you come up and look at my boob? And he, and he said, was like, yes. He's like, yes. I've been waiting I, all day for you to ask me that. I am there. <laughs> Thank you. I, and he's running. I mean, running. Um, so he came up and I said, what is this? He's a firefighter. So I just think he's got a medical degree. <laughs> Clearly, he's a doctor. I don't know. So um, he, he came upstairs and he's like, I don't know what that is, but I know that that shouldn't be there. And I said, OK. And so I remember the next day I called and because I had the order for the mammogram since I was four, I just hadn't done it yet. Oh. So because, again, I'm, I I had no family history. I wasn't concerned about this. Right. So it wasn't important to me. And I thought that only people who had history of, of breast cancer got cancer. And good for you that you call the next day, because I know some people, um, their story is that they were afraid to call. And yes. And made it much harder, yes. much worse. So yeah. I called the next day. And then, of course, they're like, oh, no, sorry, this is now going to be diagnostic. So you need to actually go back to your doctor and get another order. But we'll get you in quicker. So I just so happened to be able to get into her the next day. Well, again, she was the one who did my breast exam in December. So she's like, that definitely wasn't there. Mm. So this is March. So that starts then. I have the mammogram. I have an ultrasound. At the ultrasound, they said the doctor will come in if they think there's a problem. He comes in the room. And I'm thinking, oh, you've got to be kidding me. He walks in the room and he said, well, he referred to it as a lesion. He said, do you have any questions? And I said, no, because I just, I wanted to leave. Immediately, mm-hmm. I get in the car and I Google, lesion is a tumor. Instead of asking him. I didn't Are- want to know. Aren't we just I didn't want interesting to human beings? I totally get I it. I would to, have done the I same thing. I wanted to flee and get out of the I situation. The and I just... And so then I have the order for the ultrasound. And I remember just... I, I, I was fearful, but I also wasn't because I'm thinking there's no way. I don't... People... I, I have no family history. Like, this is not going to happen to me. And I called to try to cancel, actually, the biopsy. And one of the nurses got on the phone and she said, Carrie, I was there the day you came in. She listed four reasons. She said the blood flow, the shape, um, the size. There was another reason. And she said, we really need you to come in sooner than later. She said, "Um, you know, you don't have to come in. We can we can push it back. But I just I think it's important you come in. And I remember. Praise God for that nurse. I remember at that moment I got off the phone and I cried and I thought this could this might change my life. Like this really, this this could be cancer. And I kept it out of my mind, went in, got the biopsy on a Wednesday. That Thursday, we had an event for a friend that had lost his battle with cancer. Um, he was diagnosed with oh metastatic. He was a triathlete, firefighter, um, diagnosed with uh, metastatic cancer, his initial diagnosis. So we went to an event for him. And which was devastating because I'm I'm here I am waiting on results. It's just oh, it was it was very difficult. It was the the entire evening. Well, I had my ringer off that night because I'm at an event. So the next morning I'm at work on a Friday. I get a phone call. My doctor leaves a mess a voicemail. I miss it because my ringer's off, and I'll never forget. I and I'm trying to you know just assess her voice. Mm-hmm. Is it cancer? Is it not cancer? Mm-hmm. Call her back. I have to leave a voicemail. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. So the next hour is the longest hour of my life. And she finally calls. And she says, Carrie, can we schedule time for you to come in the office? 
And I said, you know, I said, I've got a private office. I said, let me just go to my office. And I, t- I kept thinking, she's just going to tell me it's a tumor. It's a tu- it's 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 okay. It's a tumor, but it's not it's not cancer. Mm-hmm. And I went into my office and she said, Carrie, there's never an easy way to say it. But it is. You do have cancer. And I said, am I going to die? And she said, no. And I said, am I going to lose my hair? And she said, I don't know that. And I said, okay. And she said, do you have any other questions? And I said, I can't think of anything else right now. And I said, but would you do me a favor? Would you call Matt? Because I I just need a moment. And um, so this is the best part. She calls Matt. He's on the back of a fire engine on a run. So... So again, like we, it's, it's, you know, it's hilarious because none of us even really know what's going on at this point. We know I have cancer, but I have to tell you, so this was a Friday afternoon. So Matt comes home, you know, I remember leaving work. I got it together. I, I went home, Matt met me. And at this point too, we called my parents. My dad comes in the driveway. He's crying. I mean, it just, it it was, it was pretty terrible. It's just shocking. Mm -hmm. And then I remember Matt and I kind of get a game plan together that we're going to tell the the twins. The twins were 13 at the time. So we end up telling the twins when they get home from school. And they go, okay. They said, well, can we sleep over at Summers? <laughs> so here we are, like, thinking they're going to be devastated. And they were just like, whatever. But Or it's their way of going to the car to Google what it is and get away but, from it, too. And, right? And the big, yes. And the big thing that I said to them is I said, I'm not going to die. And I said, please understand whatever we know, whatever we hear, we will keep you informed. And if you hear people talking about that mom's going to die at school or whatever, you come to me. I will always give you truthful information. Mm-hmm. Don't don't get secondhand information from anyone else about someone else's mother that's passed away and um, so that was kind of the deal is oh, that I told yeah. them I would always be honest with them about it. Um, but I, that weekend, I have to tell you that I was diagnosed. It was the, like the best weekend ever. We still didn't have everything in yet because it takes a while for pathology, but we had so many friends and family. Like it was just like this sea of people that came in all weekend. And I remember just sitting on my back deck most of the weekend with friends coming through with Prosecco and drinking and just friends I hadn't seen in 15 years stopping by and popping in because, again, because Matt was told at the fire station, I mean, the news traveled quickly. Mm -hmm. So we're like, we have to, I mean, there's 900 firefighters. So that's where we thought we're just going to put it on Facebook. You know, it's cancer. I'm not like, everything's going to be okay. We'll keep you posted. So it was really, it was, it was kind of a fabulous fun weekend, It, which is so weird to say that, but it was almost kind of like attending my own funeral. And you really realize how loved I was. And it so made that weekend just really bearable, I guess. That is such an important place to pause and process this. Yeah. Because I heard recently that breast cancer survival is dramatically improved when the person has significant community. Yeah. Like they've actually yes. studied it and, yes. and there's data to support yes. that when you have a strong supportive community, you increase your chance yes. of survival. Yes. So point number one, you looked around and said, I got people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I had people. Which is an important thing for all of us listening to Take a look at that and say, build your community now. Right. Because we never know when we're going to need each other. And I will tell you, even people coming to me saying, 
I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. That was all. That's okay. I don't know what to say or do. Isn't that what you people have told me? That's what they preferred people to say yeah. rather than saying something yeah. really weird yeah. and dumb. And I'd be like, this is super awkward. But but also, you know, this I get it. It is. It's a super awkward because you don't know what to say and do. But I also, too, when when pretty much every female came over, I'm like, feel my boob. I need you to feel it. I want you to feel what this feels like. So you know what you're I, I want you to for. know, you know, Gosh, and I can remember, you know, one time being in a car with some girlfriends. There might have been some cocktail. No one was driving. OK, just FYI. No one was driving. Well, somebody we, was driving, we, but it was none of you. No. Uh, yes. Uh, yes. And I can remember, um, you know, they're they're all for like feeling it because I'm like, I need you to feel it. You know, I I want you to understand what it feels like because it was very distinctive what it felt like. It was it was like an oval shape. It was so that was part of how they knew it's typically cancer is it's not it's not regular. It's irregular. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it just kind of felt like like a little bit tacky or something. I, I don't I don't know. I mean it felt kind of grape like. When you say tacky, describe that better. Like it was almost like a little spongy oh, when okay. you would feel gotcha. it. Gotcha. So, um, but it was, it, it kind of felt like a grape, but a little bit spongy. I, I, and again, I don't know exactly how to describe that, yeah. but it was, um, and it, and of course, I mean, I grew to know, especially as I'm waiting for all these tests. I mean, I would feel it and be like, is it still there? And it was still there. Well, again, so the crazy part, diagnosed or, you know, nothing feelable in December. It came out in June. It was stage two when it came out in June. That's how quickly, that's how aggressive it was. Wow. So, and then during these, um, you know, it takes a long time to go through the diagnosis. It takes about truly a month before you get the complete diagnosis. Which has to feel like years. It's it's so crazy how time goes so slowly. Mm -hmm. And these tests usually would happen on a Friday. So, of course, they're going to make you wait oh until, gosh. you know, that next Wednesday. Um but then during the process of one of my MRIs, they found spots on the left side, two spots. So they had to biopsy those. We'll come to find out I had bilateral breast cancer. So What's that? So basically I had breast cancer on both sides. Mm. But my other side was considered DCIS. It's an encapsulated breast cancer. It hadn't gone anywhere, but it had to be obviously dealt with. Yeah, right. So, so yeah. So that's where I started. I had my surgery in June. Then I started chemo, and then I did seven weeks of bilateral breast cancer radiation. Um, and I remember, you know, when you when you do your surgery, that's when they put your port in. Mm -hmm. Ports are very uncomfortable. It just it feels really tight in your neck, and you know, you just have this weird foreign object. Mm -hmm. um, but it makes chemo a lot easier. And I again, I remember them telling me when you start chemo, you're going to lose your hair ten mm -hmm. days from you know starting chemo. And that was a that was a really kind of crazy day because I remember I was at work that day, ran my fingers through my hair, and just a clump of my long blonde hair came out. And and we as women have a special kinship with our hair. And I don't oh. know. I, I'm sure if I researched it, there's history there. I'm, actually, I'm going to take make a note to do that. But it is a thing. It's it a is, thing. It's a thing. Like I'm getting so emotional just hearing you it, say that. Which it, it wasn't a thing then because I'm in survival mode and mm. I have to be. And I. I couldn't grieve it then because you I couldn't I couldn't be in a place of grieving. I had to stay in a space of light. I had to stay in a space of 
I've got to keep this positive. Mm-hmm. I've got to keep my body happy. I've got to keep my mind go, you know, good. And so that's I, important too. I want to pause there because everything we talk about here at the Badass Women's Council is reflection and connection. So you've already hit on both of those. So yes. the connection piece is make sure you've got people, make sure you've Absolutely. got a community. And now the reflection piece is and and reflection, if you research that word in general, it is about oftentimes reflecting light, but it also right. is about what we feel about ourselves, what we say to ourselves, right. how we reflect on our own situation has significant power and right. impact right. to our lives. Right, right. And I will never, someone had given me a book called There's No Place Like Hope during this mm-hmm. time. Fabulous book. I cannot remember the author, but she was, um, I believe it was breast with her, but just a great book as far as you know, really the initial step is the diagnosis, you know, and, and regardless, even if you are stage four, there is still hope. Mm-hmm. And, and and something that I learned too, you're a survivor regardless. As long as I'm still alive, even if I have stage four cancer and I'm, you know, in hospice, you're still a survivor until you're not. Oh, that's a great perspective. So you're a you're a daily survivor. I'm a daily survivor. So you don't wait until you get the no. results that no. say you're cancer-free. Yep. Every day you wake up and you say, you I'm are. a survivor I'm a today. Survivor. I'm Gosh, a survivor. that's beautiful, Carrie. Yeah. yeah, you have to be. Yeah. And, and you know, you you just, you have to stay in the positive. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying, some of, sometimes those negative thoughts would come in. And I remember during treatment, there were some bad days. Sure. Chemo is hard. It is, it is hard. You know, anything that makes your hair fall out, mm-hmm. it's hard. I mean, mm-hmm. clearly there's something to it. And I remember when I wanted to have those hard, dark days and I needed to cry and I needed to just not feel good, I only allowed myself one day. And the next day I was like, that's fine. You can have today if you really need it. And I gave myself permission to have those bad days. But that next day I got up, I got showered. I put some mascara on. I just, even when I was down to one eyelash, I put my <laughs> mascara on. I'm like, there, hey girl, you're still, you're still kicking. Um, Survivor lash. Yeah, yeah, yep. Hey. Um, so, you know, I, I gave myself though permission to feel it and grieve it if I needed to. But then I would try to move on the next day. And I'm like, you're going to go walk. You're going to do something and you're going to fix your mind. I that's that's it like that's everything it's everything and that's obviously a a harsh reality that you're in yes that's the same advice I give to people going through any hard moments yes. in their lives yes you 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 can have but give it finite time right give whether it's an hour or a day or whatever right. and then the next moment right. you get up and you show up right and I you know and again being being who I am and my personality you know for every chemo I had a new cute outfit ah, you know I love it I um I was like I'm gonna treat myself <laughs> literally so, I'm gonna treat myself and then I'm gonna treat myself <laughs> yes so I I would have a new cute outfit I walked in in heels every time I mean I just oh I was God. like I'm going to rock chemo to the best of my ability and I did and you know was it hard was it absolutely it was mm-hmm. I so after my first chemo the next my the my first chemo was pretty rough. They give you steroids, and that helps offset the effects of chemo, the mm-hmm. nauseousness and all of that. But steroids have their own issues. They have so many issues. And and so the other thing is, I didn't get the cancer that, may, you know, I was like, if I'm going to get cancer, like, give me some sexy side effects. No. I mean, I put on, like, 15 pounds, and I'm 5'2". That's not okay. So I'm, you know, swollen. I'm bald. I'm like, this is not... This is not going well for me. Um, where are the sexy side effects? 
I still ask for those. I, I still ask my oncologist for those. But, um, you know, it's it's it just you don't feel good, you know, when you're going through it. But but it you get through it. Mm-hmm. You do get through it. And I can remember, you know, even being in, in chemo when I'd be in bed, I'd wake up and I'd have girlfriends in bed with me, you know, and mm-hmm. they got in the trenches with me. And they truly like that. I, I can remember, you know, just waking up and I'd see someone in my bedroom and um, and it just it 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 let me know I was loved and cared for. And it it which has healing powers on your body so physically. Healing. It was so healing. It really does. So, yeah. 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 I mean, that's that releases all kinds of great chemicals in your body right. that help you to heal. Right. 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 Oh, my gosh. It's beautiful. So yeah. if there's anything that I would want people to take away from this, two things already. Three. Let's go three things. One is... The reflection in how you show up and what you tell yourself right. matters a lot. Right. And the connection matters to build your community now right. and to pay attention. Right. Check yourself. Right. If you feel something, go right. get tested. I mean, we've right. heard these messages a million times and there's right. never enough reinforcement right. of that. Right. I think one of the coolest things I did for myself during this time is um, I was baptized now I was baptized as a baby. Yeah. But um, I woke up one morning and we go to Northview Church. Mm. and Here in Carmel, Indiana, in where Carmel, we are. And yeah. I remember just kind of getting online and I saw that it was baptisms that day. And, you know, again, and it's a huge church. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was in my beanie at the time and um, I reached out to a friend whose husband is a pastor at Northview. And I said, I want to come up and get baptized. And I said, but can we please make sure Steve keeps my beanie on? You know, I don't want to be bald in the dunk. Like, I just don't. Like, I'm not ready to to do that in public. Yeah. And so I remember, you know, going and it was such a last minute thing. And again, I had so many of my friends that showed up even at the last minute that were there, that were a part of it. And, you know, Steve, sure enough, he made sure he kept my, my beanie mm-hmm. on. And it was a really, that was a really, really special moment for me. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's, I think when you go through something hard, I... I learned so much to rely on God and to talk to God about it. And mm-hmm. and sometimes we had some hard talks and sometimes I was a little cussy. You know, yeah. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie and say I wasn't. I have a t shirt that says I love Jesus, but I cuss a little. Uh, so someone gave me that when I was going through treatment. <laughs> I knew because we were gonna be friends. Because I kind of I'm a little I'm a so um and actually at that when I finished treatment, I one of my candles, because I used to be kind of known for some of my sassy candles, mm-hmm. I have a cussy Christian candle so which is which is super yes please Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so let's segue to the candle business karma candles is a outcome really of of this and there's a whole lot of stuff in between where you are now in your story and and or where you in telling the story and where you are sitting here today on the podcast and and some of that was even messy about the job and how yes. they handled things yes. and, I, and you know we're we're not going to get into a lot of those details but but the the message that I want us to share on the podcast is I always say that we are not our jobs no. we shouldn't put too much of our identity in our jobs and as leaders and as companies we have to remember the humanity yes of life yes first yes because you did not experience that during this really awful time. In the beginning, I think most employers are pretty supportive. Mm-hmm. But I think as it goes on, 
it becomes an inconvenience. They don't kind of know what to do, I think, with with people going through treatment or cancer survivors. Um, and I also think I was, you know, on their insurance. You cost them a lot of money, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, when things went awry kind of with my job and I was not maybe treated as I felt someone should be treated, mm-hmm. um, you know, when you have an employer and I'm saying I need to cut back and do a little less and they then say, well, we're going to add to your job responsibilities. Um, it's a it's a little baffling, I guess. Yeah. Um, and again, it's 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 kind of the the modern day way of discrimination. Um, but I remember calling my oncologist during this time and they told me that again. So this is 2016 and no, 2017 at this point. And they said, they told me that 50% of their patients typically kind of end up in this kind of a predicament. Mm. Still in this day and age with so many of us as young people getting cancer that are still working and in the workforce, in addition to dealing with cancer, survivorship, people are dealing with with discrimination. Yikes. I can't even make that work in my head and my heart. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And one of the, the messages I want to make sure we share, excuse me, is you are the epitome of a high achieving woman, right? That's yes. that's our that's who listens to this podcast. That's who yes. we have on this podcast. Yes. And one of the messages you got from your doctors was go about your normal life yes. as yes. a means of survival yes. kind of mechanisms. Yes. However, yes. when we are high achieving women and we're told to continue to be high achieving, I'm going like, to your normal was not what you should have been doing during no. this stage. No. Talk a little bit about that. Well, I mean, I when I was going through treatment. So, again, I had surgery. I had chemo and then I had daily radiation for seven weeks, which is Monday through Friday. Um, I only took two and a half weeks of work off. During all of in that time. total, in total, I mean, some people take that off for a funeral. That was the amount of time I took off. It was insane. And I have a family at home. I have thirteen-year-old twins. I have a husband. It 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 was too much. What was going when? Do you think you took the message of go about your normal life at the time? How did you feel about it versus how you feel about it now? So I remember kind of at the end of treatment saying to him, I kind of, I wanted someone. And and even when I kind of went to my employer and I said, I need to take a step back, I needed someone to grant me permission to tell me it was okay to stay in bed if I needed to. Yeah, That's what I really needed. I didn't need someone to tell me to go about my day because I'll do it and I'm going to do it so well. It's going to be unbelievable to you if you tell me to do it. And mm-hmm. I did it. But what I did to myself through that. And the other thing is, is that because I stayed so busy, I didn't have time to even grieve any of the steps that I really went through. Like when my hair fell out, I did not grieve that. I remember I cried about a tear because that's all I allowed myself. But I remember, again, when things went really awry with my job, um, you know, I I started unpaid FMLA the same day we had that hard conversation there where they told me that... Um, you know, basically I could return to my job and they were going to add to my duties. Um, I remember going home though. I called Matt on the way home and I said, I'm going to go home today and I'm going to grieve cancer. Don't call me. I'm not going to talk to anyone. And I remember going home and I literally was on my hands and knees and crying out and grieving like 
pent up grief. I was making the sounds that came out of my body. Mm. I mean, I, I've never heard anything like mm-hmm. it. I mean, I can still vividly remember just sitting on that floor and grieving mm-hmm. it. And I grieved it for a couple of days. I grieved all of it. I grieved before cancer mm-hmm. versus after cancer. I grieved, you know, the fact that I might not make it through this. You know, I grieved for my kids. I grieved for my, I mean, I just, I grieved and I, and I needed to do that. And I grieved what I'd been through and what I expected. And, um, and I just, I had a couple of really hard days of grieving, but I so needed to have those days. How do we, how do we reconcile those two messages in our heads and our hearts? The one is stay positive, believe right. in the future. And, right. and I, I know wholeheartedly that is a, is helpful and give yourself permission right. to rest more right to grieve right. appropriately how, how would you how would you talk about that to people you know i think that again i think when i was in it i think i didn't want to feel it too mm-hmm. and i think that's why i stayed so busy because if i wasn't busy i had to deal with what was happening mm. you know and and i was mad at my body i'm like i'm like she's trying to kill me you know in two ways i mean well, i always talk about the little bitch in our heads but your little bitch was like yeah she was attacking she's she's attacking yeah so and i remember again and i there were times that you wouldn't sleep through this and there were times i i didn't want to sleep because i was scared that if i slept is that my body then resting? Is that going to grow cancer? I mean, mm. just all these things that you think, in your head. Yeah. you know, you know, you're you sometimes there are those voices, unfortunately. Yeah. And it's it's learning to deal with those voices and learning to deal with that self, you know, talk those negative, yeah. just those negative thoughts that pop in. Absolutely. And, um, but I think that I think you could. And, and I also think, too, I didn't want to let people down. Uh, and and I think that was the biggest thing. And that's why I kept going, because I thought, I don't want to let my girls down. Mm-hmm. I want them to see. People are calling me a warrior. I, I don't know that I'm a warrior. I don't know what I am. I don't have a choice. Like, this is just what I have to do. And I kept thinking, if I'm not a warrior today, I'm going to let people down. I don't want to let anyone down. So I'm just going to go be a warrior today. Mm-hmm. But you can still be a warrior, and you can still be all those all those amazing things people would tell me, and I still could have rested. Mm. And I should have rested. So because yeah. I felt like I have to be doing this 24-7 or I'm not a warrior. And isn't that an important message for all of us, even those not battling something as right. as awful as cancer? But we're all in some sort of battle. Right, right. And to give ourselves permission to rest. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. It's important. Yeah, and we need to rest. And I will say about this point, so I'm just a couple months out of, you know, finishing um, <clears throat> the the radiation, and, you know, and now it becomes more of, I see my oncologist at this point every quarter, and mm-hmm. then doctors are starting to come out of the mix. And um, I remember calling a friend of mine, my mind is a mess, I'm exhausted, I, you know, again, I don't quite know what's happened, and I'm processing, you know, the cancer and just... Um, what I thought my life should have been, what it is now. And he recommended, he was, a, he's a young oncologist. Mm-hmm. He recommended I get on a yoga mat. And that was when 
I so that day again being the person I am. <laughs> oh, they told me what to do. I'm gonna go so do they it. They told me what to do. So guess what? <laughs> I walk into the hot room, which is the Berkham style, whatever style yoga. Okay, like, f- freeze. Uh, yeah, isn't that one like hot yoga really hard? Oh, you, so, oh, hold on. This gets better. Oh, for the love. Oh, for the because okay. again. I, if you tell me to do it, I am gonna I'm gonna rock it. I mean, that's just what I'm gonna do. You're not do. doing it a little. So I'm not doing a little. So um so <laughs> I walk, I look up their class times, I walk into the hot room. It is without me realizing, a hundred um hundred and twenty degrees, I think, and it's an hour and a half class. What the Sam Hell? Well mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know what? I stayed up with most of it and I loved it. Of course you did. I absolutely loved it because for me, I envisioned finally letting go of all of just the shit. The You were sweating it out. I was sweating it out. I was letting go of the toxins. I was letting go of the poisons. I was letting go of of the negative self-talk. And I was and I and I learned basically how to rebuild myself. And a lot of that has been me on a yoga mat, just you know, letting go of what didn't serve me and and bringing into my life what what I did need, you know, and and becoming my own hero and really rebuilding from the ground up. That mindfulness of I picture you picturing the toxins leaving your body and the sweating it out. That's it. Yes. There's a reason that athletes use visualization in their practices as well. So and believe me, I sweat it out that day. I mean, (laughs) an hour and a half and 120 degree. It was and I remember thinking, because I get my hairs, I mean, it's like a nub at this point. And I thought, thank goodness I don't have hair right now. Because I was so flipping. So I've never been, my eyeballs were sweating. I mean, you name it, everything was sweaty, sweaty, sweaty. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yes. I love that though. Yes. That I love that a doctor yes. recommended yes. yoga as a mindful yes. way and to it address has this. Been one of the best things I did, I did after that too. I started seeing a, a Christian therapist so that I had someone that I could really go talk to about. Um, and they they call survivorship it's a cliff. You know, they basically. I, I was I was so scared of survivorship because it doesn't come. None of it came with a with an instruction guide. Right. But at least when you're in treatment, you know that if anything comes up, they're going to find it. And then survivorship, they're like, okay, bye. You know, I I remember my radiation oncologist. One of my nurses said. Honey, go live your life. And I'm like, what's that mean? Like, what am I supposed to do now? Because you don't, you have a new normal. You don't even know normal. what that looks and like. every ache and pain, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm dying. Metastatic uh. breast cancer. So every ache and pain scares you. And you just, you don't even know what to do with yourself. And then you've got this free time you didn't have before. And that's, that's when you really start to process it. And I think that's when a lot of people really start to struggle with what's happened. Because when you're in treatment, there really is no time to process it. You're just going through the motions of what you're being told to do next. Yes. And one of the stats that you shared with me that I didn't recognize uh, or hadn't heard before was that 30 percent. Say that. So um, with uh, when you finish breast cancer treatment, Mm -hmm. regardless of your initial staging, 30 percent of us go on to develop stage four or metastatic breast cancer within the next decade, which there is no cure. And most people who get metastatic breast cancer, which means it metastasizes somewhere else in the body, mm-hmm. like the bones, maybe the lungs, maybe the brain. Um, if that does happen, you usually live three to five years. So you you leave treatment yes. as a survivor. Yes. But yet that statistic, knowing 
Yes. That it can come back at any time. At any time. And now you don't have a quote unquote treatment plan. You're told to go back and so, live your life. So there is there are it and there are treatment plans that basically include some really harsh drugs for the next decade. Mm-hmm. Now I made a decision a year ago. I stopped those drugs. So it's kind of increased my statistics a little bit. Um and, you know, I did a lot of soul searching to, when yeah. I decided to do that. And, um, again, I think being a Christian, this is all out of my control anyway. God has a purpose and plan. So, you know, drug isn't necessarily going to... It, I, I think the drugs, if people can do well on them, they do lower your, your chances. Um, I have chosen to do more alternative medicines mm-hmm. with... Um, I have researched on my own things to help. So my my breast cancer was hormone fed. So I have done, I'm doing things that get rid of my estrogen and progesterone naturally. Oh, gotcha. So, but the drugs are also like the tamoxifen is one they put you on. Your bones hurt. My bones hurt so bad. Mm. Everything hurt. The so your aches, quality of life was so diminished. Life, I was, um, I ended up in the hospital two times within a six month period because I truly couldn't walk. So I had never, I've never experienced back pain. Um, the first time I went in and of course I think, oh my gosh, my cancer's on my back. My back hurts so badly. Well, I had five degenerative discs and two herniated that time. From taking the drugs. Well, I think the drugs and then I think just radiation, radiation, Mm -hmm. it's, I still have discoloration on my skin from radiation yeah. still two right. and a half years later. Wow. So, um, you know, I, I, and I just, but the drugs bring out for me, they brought out some of those really bad side effects of, mm-hmm. of the aches and the pains. Um, and then also tamoxifen, it is a known human carcinogen. Right. So it can lead to other cancers like ovarian cancer. So, you know, again, you, you, everyone has to make that determination. I think it's worth it to try the drugs because it does help. It increases your statistics, Mm -hmm. but for some people, they're just really hard to take. And everybody's journey and everybody's story is different. Right. And you've got to make the choices that are best for you. And I chose quality of life Yeah. because the other thing is I love yoga. Yoga is yoga and candles are my life. Like that's, that's life right there. So, um, you know, I, didn't want to be on a treatment that made everything hurt and I couldn't go on a yoga You couldn't mat. do one of the things that you so love that was helping I, you. Yoga is, it, it's my place. Mm-hmm. I mean, I still, I have another great friend that's a survivor and we went last week to yoga and it was so flipping hot that day. I think it was 110 degrees. Normally it's about 95 in the studio I go to now um, and I go at least three times a week. But I remember looking at her and she goes, I'm crying. And I go, I'm crying. And then our friend Julie, I go, is Julie crying? She goes, no, she's dying. I mean, it's just, it's my place. It's my place that I process a lot of things. Or if I have upcoming scans, it's just, I pray, I meditate, and I just, and I, I love my body for what it ha- what what it has been through. And the mm-hmm. fact that it it's not where it was. Mm-hmm. I mean, there I have these ongoing aches and pains, but but it, the gratitude, it. yeah, it. the gratitude that mm-hmm. I have for it, for what it has been through, and you know the fact that it's recovering and mm-hmm. it's and it's healing, and um, you know, and I'm I'm so grateful for the place that I'm at now. And all of us high achievers, let's just take a moment and remind ourselves that those moments of mindfulness and pause, whether it's yoga, whether it's meditation, whatever 
place where you can find that space yes yes it's critical right for our lives preventatively right as well as healing yes absolutely yeah yeah for sure yeah the other aspect of your story that i want to make sure we highlight today is you are masterful at taking the hard parts of your story and learning from them and turning them into good, which yes. is, you know, you've done it several times in your life, but specifically I want to talk about karma candles because this is an amazing movement and I've had a chance to um, smell the products and I'm in love. So tell us about how karma candles was Came born yeah. and, and what you're doing with it now. Yeah. So when I, I, I just love candles clearly. And when I was in treatment, um, I always, again, just for that mindfulness and that light. And, and there were times that for me during treatment, the darkness was scary sometimes mm-hmm. and you don't sleep a lot at night, you know, because your my hormones were going through stuff. My body's going through stuff. So I would have no problem falling asleep, but I have a problem staying asleep. So the literal darkness was so scary. So the literal darkness, sometimes it's lonely, it's mm-hmm. scary, it's isolating, it's cold. And I remember even in the middle of the night, I would sometimes light my candles, you know, just just so I had that light. Mm-hmm. And um, so when I finished treatment and my daughters, again, 13, they love the candles from Anthropology that are super expensive. And <laughs> so um, I remember finishing treatment around that time and... We were going to, you know, anthropology, buying their volcano Capri Blue candles. And I remember thinking my degree was in art therapy. So, oh, I, we haven't. Ta- oh, there's a whole nother podcast. Oh, yeah. So okay. my degree is in art therapy. And I thought, I bet I could make these candles. So I start YouTube. I start, you know. We all go to YouTube. Right. Why spend $28 <laughs> on a candle when I can spend 1000 and make it make the product myself? Make one candle for that. Why? You know, that's silly. That's crazy talk. So, um, so I just start. And again, I didn't sleep at night. So when I was awake at night, I... I like you were a little candle factory at I, night. I started like looking at vessels and just and I love to surround myself with just pretty things. Beautiful. I mean, I just do. And the other thing is I'm also making changes as far as what is in my environment. What is, you know, what I'm burning in my environment, mm-hmm. what I'm cleaning with, yeah. what I'm putting on my body. And I was fairly organic before mm-hmm. and I was fairly clean before as far as all the products in my home. Mm-hmm. But again, after you've had cancer, you really want to be mindful of what is in your environment. So when I start researching what's in some of these candles, the paraffin, the toxins, all of that, I thought, I'm going to make a cleaner candle. And so that was how it started. And then it really became super therapeutic for me to do it. And it just me being when I was in college, my favorite medium to work with, again, being going to school for art therapy was a potter's wheel. I love throwing clay pots. I had a potter's wheel when I was a kid that I got for Christmas. Loved it. From the I just, Sears I just and Roebuck the feel, store. Like the, the clay. I mean, it just, yes. I loved everything about I it. I totally loved get everything that. about it. The smell even I loved. Yes. And I grew up, the other thing is, I grew up, my, so my grandfather back in the day was a graphic artist. He made his living, like, hand drawing for the grocery ads back before you had computers and all of this. Stop. And so I remember growing up in his art studio and drawing and just, it was such a cool, fun, and then he was an artist. And so he was an artist on the side, but he made his living as a grad, which is the craziest thing when you think about, we didn't have computers. And then my mother um, is an interior designer. My sister's an interior designer. Um, And they both draw, they both do watercolors. So I come from a very creative Mm -hmm. family. 
Um, but for me, just being in my space and researching how do I get really pretty candles. But when I first started making candles, I really kind of wanted them to be a little sassy. Um, so Because you're a little sassy. So they were things like shit show survivor. And, you know, some days, depending on the day, I would cross out the survivor. And I'm just like, nope, just a shit show today. <laughs> um, so, you know, again, cussy Christian. Sorry, I was drunk. I'm just really least liked employee because, you know. And there was a whole funny blog that I put out about, you know, how dare you, you know, take a maternity leave. You know, you have a baby on Friday. You come back in by Monday. So, again, I just I was trying to make light and use humor, you know, for just funny things in life. And so that's kind of how I started was just kind of oh, being a little, little sassy. And um, the, the candles just continued to grow and grow. And then I was always donating to cancer foundations. And so I also became an ambassador for a breast cancer foundation. Well, one of the things, it was a gal who was 32. She passed away. It's mm-hmm. the Megan S. Ott Foundation. Mm-hmm. So she passed away of metastatic breast cancer. She started this foundation. Well, before she passed away, she picked all the items that she wanted in her gift baskets for grant recipients. And one of those was a candle. So I love to donate my candles to them. Um, But I just, when people were going through treatment, I just loved gifting candles to Mm -hmm. them. Um, You know, reminding people, you know, stay in the light. And um, you know, I have like a candle that's hope in a jar, um, you know, cancer crusher, just, just things that, you know, little phrases that kind of got me through it. Um, and then I really started looking at this as, can this really be a real business? And, mm-hmm. um, I was also working for a cancer foundation part-time during this time and it was a hobby and I was growing the business and I went to Matt in May of this year And I just said, you know, I don't know that I love the work we're doing. I love that we're raising money for for a new infusion center. I love it. But I don't know that me being in a hospital part time, I don't I don't know that it's the best thing for me because I'm not in remission and being around it. It's it reminds me a lot. Right. right. um, Matt said, get whatever money you need. Do what do whatever you want. want that sounds like a good dude. There's a couple of times I'm like, "Mm, you you did good with that one. Yeah, he's he's. He's my biggest fan. I mean, he really is. And, um, you know, and I remember thinking, can I have all your money? Then? <laughs> <laughs> it's just, um, but, but, you know, we did it. And, and so in May, I went full time with it. And it has just kind of grown from there. Of course, I met Nikki along the way. At Nicole event, Blair Ware, Nicole Nikki Blair Bush. Ware, yeah. Who has been amazing in my growth. And, you know, she's a girl's girl, and she gave me a list of people to go see, and I picked up every one of those accounts, and it just continues to grow. And I also— She's one of the founding members of the Badass Women's and, Council. I just want to state that. And quickly. I also, you know, I, I use my candles for good. I give back. I do mm-hmm. the right things. I want it to be about community. And um, and I do—I want to be that light for people who are going through stuff because— we're all we're all suffering from something. something we yeah. all are suffering right. from something. And, you know, I can't tell you with, with the candles. Um, the other day, someone reached out to me and she wanted to order a candle. And she told me in the message that she had stage four metastatic cancer. And I um, said, you know, we kind of had a conversation about that. And so her next text to me said, is there any way that you could hold the candle until next week when I get paid? And I said, can you just, I said, I'll make the the gift to the donation. Can you let me bless you? 
And she said, no, 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 I don't, I don't want to do that. My husband's waiting on a contract. And I said, she said, I want to order Christmas candles. And I go, that's great. You can order Christmas candles. I go, but I'm going to bless you with this one. Amen. And that's, I, it's my business. I can do whatever I want. I can give as <laughs> yeah. many candles away to, and, but again, like that broke my heart too. Here she is. She's fighting metastatic cancer and I get it. Like she may not have her job anymore. I mean, mm-hmm. sometimes people have to do some really hard choices in the midst of all of this. In the simple act that you could do of blessing her with a candle has huge benefits. I, I have had people at events that have come up to me, um, you know, and they've said to me that they're battling cancer. And I'm like, please just take a candle. Yeah. And they're like, I can't. I've had people cry. I'm like, it's a candle. It's a $38 candle. But it's but it's the act of I'm giving you, I really, I'm, I'm, I'm giving you a candle and it is your pilot light. Mm-hmm. And don't let anyone take that pilot light. Don't let anyone blow that that light out. Yeah. There is hope. There's always hope. There's always hope. I love that you're here. I wish we could keep doing this for like another hour. So will you come back and we'll talk I about will. art and all the other yes. beautiful things yes. in, in life? You yes. are, I'm going to just throw the pun back out there. You are a bright light. Thank you. I mean, God has absolutely, the candle business God, is. God has God has blessed me and, and it's my job to, you know, God allowed me to get out of the pit and it's my job to go back and get others out. It's my job. Nothing else to be said. Yeah. You're a beautiful spirit. Thank you. Thanks for being here. Thank you. And I'm not coming down. I told you. Isn't she amazing? Oh my gosh. Go follow her on all the things. Instagram. Go buy a candle or 10. Buy candles for all of your friends for Christmas. Do it right now. She is just amazing. And I will tell you. Oh my goodness. She brought candles for me and the folks from Rise and Thrive Indianapolis and they are scrumptious. Absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for being here. As always, a reflection question for today is, are you giving yourself permission to rest? We heard it from Carrie. It's too important. We need to take time to rest. And please go to badasswomenscouncil.com and you can take the quiz to see how badass you are and it'll give you some tips on how to increase your badassery and if you would like to join the online community you can do badasswomenscouncil.community and there you can join other high achievers in your local area we're all there hanging out you should be there too make it a great day I'm not coming down I never left it on the ground I'm not coming down